just split across the highway here, huh? Yeah, so everything that we have is off-grid because there's no water lines, no electric lines. Yeah. And of course I just muddied it up because I took some uh, stuff across. We're in the outskirts of Wheeling, West Virginia, quickly making our way across State Highway 88 to get from Eric and Brianna Blend's home to the five acres where they farm pork, chickens, and produce under their farm's moniker, The Blended Homestead. It's early December, one of the first really cold days. Other than a hundred layer hens shuffling around inside a movable electric fence, there's not much happening, to the naked eye at least. You can see I, that's where I had some hay, so I would actually incorporate in here hay, straw, uh, wood chips. So they're building, you know, while I'm training them, they're building this soil. Mm -hmm. and you can see how higher up this has probably got uh, probably four inches of just. <laughs> yeah. So Pig put stuff. them to work while creating it so it's not a just a huge runoff. Yeah. About how much land do you have here? Like what's the acreage? Um, so we, don't, we lease this. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately this next year will be our last year that he's gonna let us lease this land. Mm. He's been mowing it down for about 15 years and we finally start growing and using it. And he says, nope, I'm gonna start running cattle on it. So even though he has 180 acres, he has to use, this is about five acres that we use right here. It's really challenging because as a uh, farmer that doesn't have parents that give that'll give me land. Yeah. Um, then I'm, you know, between that, between competing with um, housing developments, and then, um, you, you know, because of prices. And then right. also uh, with oil and gas, there's a, a perception that people are making really good money from their mineral rights that they don't even want to sell their surface rights. Eric and Brianna don't come from farming families. They got into agriculture to have some control over their own food source after learning more about industrial food systems. So this need many folks have to keep the old farm and the family can be frustrating for them. Between that and like, well, I want to keep it in my family. And so they'll, they'll keep this property in their family and then, but their kids live miles and miles away in farming yeah yeah and then like they're they're even currently now not even interested in farming they're like well i'm going to give it to my kids when we, when we pass away and then it's like oh so your kids are gonna like move back like i, I, I can't tell them but i wish i'd be like so your kids are gonna move back and start farming like you know after they <laughs> when you know they get this land they're like oh okay call a realtor and then a realtor is going to say, this is the best bang for the buck that you can get. Right, to develop Not this. selling it to a young farmer. So, yeah. yeah. The average age of farmers in Ohio County, where Eric and Brianna live, is 56.5. In the surrounding counties, it's about the same or higher. You would think, with so many farmers nearing retirement age, farmland would be widely available. But Eric's right, 174,100 acres of West Virginia's agricultural land was converted to developed land between 1982 and 2012 when the last USDA agricultural census was conducted. Speaking with Karen Cox, our extension agent, she, I said, is anyone else going through? And she goes, you're the only young farmers that I have. Uh, you know, and it's like, I was like, what are we doing? You know, but it's like, we're the only person that is that is bringing us up. So if we don't say, hey, there are young farmers looking for land, mm -hmm. then no, you know, yeah. no one even, yeah. I mean, we were, we were, we, we have contemplated like putting a billboard up saying we are two young farmers looking to buy land. For those who do inherit their land, this issue can go the other way. 
Eric Freeland's farm is seven miles away near Wellsburg, West Virginia. Yeah, you know, that's a very sore spot with me because I don't have anybody interested coming along behind me that wants it. I just have a daughter mm-hmm. and uh, granddaughters, and I might have even mentioned it, you know, when my aunt passed away and I you know, got that property over there. You know, I moved my daughter, my granddaughter's up here with that dad thinking, that, boy, I can really help them out. We're going to be grilling and cooking and we can pass frisbee and growing stuff and never occurred to me that they don't like it out in the country and didn't want nothing to do with it mm-hmm. you know as you get older now you start thinking about my golly what's what's going to happen to this and, and you know you think now when you're out there putting you know, compost on the roads that you know, my great grandkids or my grandkids are going to benefit from my efforts today The Teeley family run an 80-head dairy farm in Butler County, Pennsylvania, and sell their milk in bulk to Marburger, a dairy distributor based out of Evans City. Uh, Well, we were uh, in Butler County back in 1997, I believe. Uh, We were the first farm in the county to do farmland preservation. I don't know if you know much about that, but uh, uh, that's where you preserve, that's pretty self-explanatory, you preserve your land to be farmed and not to be developed. Pennsylvania leads the country in farmland preservation through the Pennsylvania Agricultural Conservation Easement Purchase Program. There are currently over 5,000 farms totaling more than 500,000 acres enrolled in the program. His family's participation means that William Teeley hasn't had to worry about land tenure of the young farmer, for better or worse. It was pretty controversial at the beginning because we were the first one we were kind of the guinea pigs and some of my some of my dad's family were kind of I mean my brother and I we were we were only how old were we four and you know so they so my family was kind of like oh you're you're basically telling them that they're supposed to farm what if they don't want to and then you have you know this land that can't be developed and you can't sell it off in lots and blah 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 despite hesitation from off-farm family members farmland preservation has worked out for them the Teeley sons, 26-year-old twins, William and James, have opted to be the sixth generation to stay on the farm. Still, it's raised questions about who will come next. I personally feel pressure on myself because, I mean, there's, I feel like I'm, uh, people expect a lot of me because, oh, you got that great big farm back there, you don't ever want to let it go by the wayside or ever want to see it sold or not be a farm, I should say. And, I mean, yeah, if I'm blessed enough to have kids, whether it's boy or girl or whatever, but I mean, yeah, that'd be nice if they were farming, but I can't, obviously, I can't totally control that. I mean, I have. It's understandable that farmers think so much about keeping land in the family, even though it can be difficult for newcomers like the Blends. Starting a farm is no small feat, and even if the generation next in line isn't interested in farming, the possibility that someone somewhere down the road might be could be enough motivation to hang on to land and equipment that could save future farmers thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Not to mention the headache of securing land tenure in a market increasingly eaten up by development in oil and gas. Programs like Farmland Trust are great for protecting farmland from development, but can be kind of a double-edged sword for farmers who don't have much cash for retirement or to pass on to their kids. This is where the phrase land rich, cash poor comes into play, and it helps answer some questions about what's happened to farmland, not just in the upper Ohio Valley, but all over the country. Karen Cox, the agricultural extension agent in Ohio County, West Virginia, has seen this play out many times. 
So what I've seen in what is pretty common across the country is um, great-grandma and grandpa have a farm. You know, they had, we'll say, 200 acres. And then they also had eight kids. So that 200 acres then gets divided up amongst the eight kids because they're going to be fair. And so um, now you have eight plots of 25 acres each. 25 acres is plenty of land to farm, but if you grew up on a farm eight times that size, you'd have to really change your style of farming. Maybe even consider moving into different products. Often though, this generation would have maintained the land as a hobby or a side job while moving into other careers. And that generation was pushed off of the farm because they just gone through the Great Depression. You know, their parents had gone through the Great Depression and they said, you can't make a living at farming. Please go out and find something to be able to support your family. So often what times is the grandparent generation then were not farmers. They may have had some land, but they weren't farmers. And so then their kids or even another generation removed from the farm because they said, well, uh, you know, we were really poor growing up on the farm, so you shouldn't be farmers either. This dynamic drove people further into cities and suburbs and away from careers in agriculture. Though there is something of a resurgence of interest in small to mid-sized local farming. By Karen's analogy, this would be my generation, millennials who are now three or four generations removed from their family's farming history. Even if they want to farm, they might have a hard time finding someplace to do it. Well, you, that 25 acres got divided again and again. And so now we're looking at, you know, maybe even a quarter of an acre or no land, or they just completely sold the farm and moved to the city because that's where their jobs were. Um, and so the land is gone, or, you know, they sold it to a development because they needed retirement money. Um, there's a lot of things that push people out of the farm. One big shift that may have contributed to the increased parceling of land is that women are now inheriting farmland. While making sure that each child or grandchild inherits some land can mean splitting farms into smaller parcels, historically, farm continuity has been more important than fairness, and land inheritance was mainly reserved for male heirs. Remember when William, the dairy farmer in Butler County, said, I mean, yeah, if I'm blessed enough to have kids, whether it's boy or girl, whatever. Well, a generation ago, things played out a little differently in his family. Like my grandfather, I mean, he shouldn't have thought that, but he always kind of, uh, he thought of my dad's sisters as, oh, you're, you're girls, you're not going to take on, the, you're not going to take over the farm. So, yeah, just, you know, my dad was the apple of his eye, basically, and he, mm -hmm. he wanted him to be, he was, he wanted him to take over this farm, whether... I mean, yeah, he was going to do it anyway because he loved farming, but both my three aunts, they're, I mean, the two of the three are, they've come, they come visit, they, they all come visit, you know, they, they have a nostalgia about, about the farm, you know, they're, they're proud that they grew up here and, and, you know, but they have, they all have jobs that aren't ag related, they're, they all got married and moved away. Sue Beinlich also comes from a dairy farming background. So my family milks 250 cows in New Jersey. And my grandfather started that farm in 1936, and my brothers are still running it. Her decision to join her husband Bill on his family's farm in Pennsylvania was no accident, though. Um, in my family, it was my two brothers were getting the farm, and, my, and me and my sister had to do something else. Yeah. So um, my sister kind of left town, never really came back. I wanted to be a vet. I wanted to be a large animal vet. But in order to do that, I really couldn't stay in New Jersey. And even marrying him, being a large animal vet out here, it's really not profitable I would have had to go out west so 
we'd nixed that one and I came out here and joined him. Sue and Bill run Triple B Farm in Allegheny County, where they grow berries, apples, and various other crops to sell at their on-farm store and to Whole Foods and Market District stores. They also run seasonal family activities like giant slides and a pumpkin character display that attract visitors from throughout Pennsylvania and West Virginia. They have four kids, three girls and a boy, but they don't see farm continuity the same way their counterparts do. Do any of them uh, have an interest in the farm or has that kind of like yet to show itself? The three girls don't. Three girls don't. Yeah. They're not into becoming farmers. They, and I don't, they will say and I will tell them, I don't want them working as hard as we have to work Mm -hmm. to make a living. Not that they're not going to work hard. They are going to do whatever it is they decide to do. They're going to be probably the hardest workers of the bunch. The 13-year-old and the 10-year-old. I mean, the 10-year-old will act like maybe he wants to do something like yeah, this. Yeah, it's hard to say. He's too young to even know. Is that something that you guys kind of worry about sometimes? Like, what's who's going to be the next set of hands with the taking over the farm? Or is it just, like, too far off to really think about it? I don't think about it. And I think we're at a point in society where if your business is done, you sell it or you get rid of it or you change your life and you move on. Mm -hmm. I don't... It's like like when my dad... Like, when my dad and brothers were in the business, you know, my grandfather had two sons and only one was going to take it. And it was my dad. And when my dad had two sons, the both of them were going to take it. Us girls were gone. So that kind of mentality, I think, has probably left. Some farmers nearing retirement who don't have children taking over are seeking alternative arrangements with other family members or younger aspiring farmers. Beth Smith operates Oak Hill Farm in Avella, Pennsylvania, with her husband, Oren. They came into farming after retirement and produce mostly Angus beef and some vegetables. They have two properties, the main farm, where their home and greenhouse are, and another plot of land a few miles down the road. Oren and Beth are looking into options for passing on their farming legacy, like setting up an LLC or a general bequest under their wills or a trust. And they've had some interest from friends and family. It's in farmland trust right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in preservation. Um, so we'd like to have the property continue as a farm. Is that a relief to you guys to know that it has oh. a future? Oh yeah, we're so glad that somebody is interested. Across the Ohio River, Mick Luber runs Bluebird Farm in Cadiz. After almost 40 years farming organically and selling at markets in Pittsburgh and Wheeling, he's getting ready to retire. He didn't inherit his land, and he doesn't have kids to take it over, but he'd still like to see it continue as a farm. Mick's offering to sell it at a discount to someone who would farm it for at least four years and pay it off in five. Finding that person has been easier said than done, though. He's been trying for two years. So it's been kind of a challenge to find someone who wants to... Well, it's the isolation, you know, who wants to move. I mean, it talked to a lot of millennials or uh, new farmers. Mm-hmm. They want to be outside of Pittsburgh. They want to be outside of uh, Columbus. They want to be outside of Cleveland mm-hmm. and be able to, 30 minutes, be at, at their market. So for somebody to come out to a, a place like this without any community and start... Oh, I know what you're thinking. Didn't we just meet a nice young couple looking for a farm? So it's really challenging uh, that, you know, when you live in an area that um, people around don't want you, even though they 
old old timers will complain. All these millennials are just on their phones and everything. It's like, I want to farm, but yeah. you won't sell me any land. So. Yeah. More on that next time. <laughs>